Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Time now for the Bradfoe Show with Rob Bradford. With Rob Bradford on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. All right, live from the Fenway Ford Clubhouse Studios, I'm Rob Bradford. This is the Bradfoe Show, and it's time to talk some baseball. It's time to have an educated, insightful, passionate discussion about the great game of baseball alongside myself, Coop. Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, my goodness. You're you ready to go to Barbie? You're wearing all I'm pink? So, I'm so ready for You're Barbie. You're so ready. Listen, nothing, nothing washes down a trade deadline like a couple of viewings of Barbie. Just a t- just a few. I felt bad. Might go back to back. We you were in like your little circle uh, on the field of uh, podcasters yesterday, and and Carabas, I walked by and say, "Hey Rob, you going to Barbie?" I'm like, and I just gave it like I I, I gave him the wrong answer, which was like, yeah, which you I should have said. I believe you said you. Tried. Well, yeah, I said I tried. I which tr- implies that someone stopped you. You didn't say who. Stopped yeah, you. you what stopped me was a crazy, crazy uh, lack of availability at the movie theater. I did not want to. I usually go to movies all by myself. My son wanted to see it, and by the I know way, best way to see a movie is by yourself. Oh, I listen. We've done shows, Coop. Before you were born, we were doing. Should you go to a movie by yourself? The most polarizing topic ever at it WEI. Be. It shouldn't be. Everyone I know, of course. Like, what do you do? Like, what? What's the big deal? You're, you're not talking. To no, you're not talking. You, you come out. What do you think? I uh, okay. You anyway, text people that way. You, uh, you know how? You know the the, the best way to enjoy a trade deadline is How's by that? yourself. Yeah, especially this past one. So, yes. So let's go. Let's, I mean, let's dig in. Let's dig in. I got a lot to say and not a lot of time to say it. We have a couple hours. Downtown, boots on the ground. Ian Brown is going to live up to his name. After Alex Cora talks today, he's going to come down. But I'll say this, Coop. It's, you know, I kid around about fork in the road Friday and must win Tuesday or whatever. This game tonight, as much as an early August game can feel that way, it feels that way for a lot of reasons. Number one, you in the standings, four games is a lot back, is a lot worse than two games. That is science. That is math. Correct. So that's what would happen. That's the type of swing that we're talking about because you're going up against the Blue Jays. But I think another part of this, too, is, it, is the vibe test. And it's the where you have landed after the deadline. Now... I know at, before the game yesterday, I think John Tomasi brought this up in Alex Cora media session. Hey, the last two Augusts haven't been good. And that's a fact. I've cited that many times. Last two Augusts, 12 and 16, each of the last two Augusts. This time around, and I'm going to just keep repurposing the things that I've already written and said, but it, I think as I sit here right now, having gone through the trade deadline, all of this holds up. Every single bit holds up, which is, you needed to read the room, Heim Bloom. You needed to read the room correctly, A. Number two, you need to understand that the beginning of this August wasn't like the beginning of the other two Augusts. You can go 12 and 16 the other two Augusts. You can go 12 and 16 in 2021 when Kyle Schwarber is still sitting there with a bad hamstring. You know why you can do that? Because you, were, you entered that deadline, I believe, 19 games over 500. Yes, you couldn't even introduce the idea that you were an underdog there because you were 19 games over 500. This one, you need to get off to a good start in August because like, much like everybody else in baseball, you are on the cliff. You are teetering on the cliff. Now, I would make the argument at the trade deadline 
that they were still had a good grasp. This was, wasn't Tom Cruise hanging from a helicopter at the tread deadline. I don't know what the Barbie equivalent is. I haven't seen Barbie. I, saw I haven't Mission seen Impossible. it yet either. I don't All spoil right. it. This wasn't Tom Cruise hanging from a helicopter. This was, you got one leg slung up over the cliff. You got another arm slung up over the cliff. You feel pretty good that you at least have a chance of getting up over the cliff. Well, here's the thing. That now you sit here, you've lost your foothold. You've lost your grip a little bit off of last night's game. You can get it back. That's why this feels so important. That is a reality of this situation right now. So I'll go back to what I said before. Everything that I said leading up to this deadline, I still feel confident in. I still feel confident in that, that you have a flawed American league that is there for the taking. You have a flawed Red Sox team that can actually take this. You have all this. They are... Six games over 500 against teams with records better than 500. In other words, they beat good teams. Up until last night, they were beating the Blue Jays. They were walloping the Blue Jays. They were taking the Blue Jays to the woodshed. They hadn't lost. But then you have last night. And what happened last night, yeah, they lost. Okay, it's just one game. But the problem is, is that, as I said before, this time of year, off of the trade deadline, everybody is on eggshells, where are you going to land? How are you going to feel? Did what was your approach at the deadline good enough, bad enough, or just the right thing to actually go forward and do what you need to do? So, what did the Red Sox do? They did nothing. They did nothing. All right. And I implore you to call 617 779 7937. And Joe Braverman, you're going to have to text me all the calls because the call screen's not up here in Fenway Park. That's okay. We'll, we'll get to everybody. 617-779-7937. So we'll rail on the trade deadline, and we'll talk about what they didn't do, what they did do, what other teams did or didn't do, whatever it is. At the end of the day, it's a results business. It is a results business. So what are the results going to be? As I said before, the results for the last two August, the last two trade deadlines, not good after the fact. And as Cora mentioned, there were injuries. That is true. But you also go back to 2021. The feeling in that room, because you got a guy with a bad hamstring that still wasn't going to play for another 11 days, and you got a couple of relievers who a lot of people thought, eh, you know, they're, they're not really going to help. You know, they're like sort of the, uh, the, the equivalent of Mauricio Yovera. You know, the, what, the, what you got was just, it, it wasn't going to make a mark. Now, Austin Davis and Hansel Robles, give credit to the coaching staff, give credit to the players, ended up being useful. But still, what you did the last two trade deadlines was not the thing that resulted in wins. So now here's your chance. Here's your chance. Here's your chance tonight, tomorrow, then against bad teams going forward for the next two series. Here's your chance to say, yeah, we didn't overpay, but we believe in this team. That's what we heard. Despite the underdog comment, we believe in this team. So you believe in this team feeling like if you did believe in this team and you do believe in this team, then the fact of the matter is that whatever approach you took, that was the approach that you thought was the right way to, to get wins, to get enough wins, to stay in this. That's it. And you can say, well, you got guys back and so forth and so forth. Fine. It is a results business. But here's the thing. Now comes the opinion. Now comes the feel, feeling. Now come the vibes. And in that clubhouse right now, there is absolutely the feeling that not enough was done. I, I made the analogy of that it's like giving a note from the front office. When you do a little something, when you do anything and you don't take away, then you're saying a note, we believe in you. That's it. Now, you can come down and you can meet with the team and you can say, I believe in you of guys or go get them. But to do something, especially when those guys in that clubhouse, and this is a fact of baseball, those guys in that clubhouse look around at all these other teams and they said, that team did something, that team did something, that team did something, that team did something. That's what happens. The can, Yank- I, can I make an analogy for you? Okay. It's the equivalence of, you know, Devers went out. He said, we, we need some starting pitchers. We know what we need. Heim Bloom, he's the parent. You know, it's the whole, 
can the kid get chicken nuggets? And the mom goes, no, we have chicken nuggets at home. Chicken nuggets at home, you have absolutely no idea how they actually are because they can, they're there. And you know what? You're not actually sure if you're going to enjoy them the, or not. And I, my guess is that the chicken nuggets in February looked a whole lot better oh. than the ones that are sitting around now. The chicken nuggets in February weren't missing pieces of them. Well, Some of them the are expired. Of, yeah. This is the other part of this is that, yeah, you know, like I give, I'm giving Heimblum credit. I'm giving them credit for building this team to get to this point. So the problem, though, is that what you have to do is understand this, is that what you built to this point, it can't, you can't expect and you can't assume that this is going to be the same thing in the last two months of a seven-month season. You cannot assume that. That's why you get reinforcements. That's why you don't have to lean on DFA pickups like Mauricio Yovera. With all due apologies, guy is great stuff. But I'm sorry, this comes back to what worked for you in the offseason, which is paying for certainty for certain guys. Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, you paid for certainty. And how is that working? Where would you be without those guys? So I'm yelling and screaming about all this stuff. But I, before I keep going on, I do want to play you this. Because I think that a lot of the stuff that I have mentioned, I felt it, I feel it, but I haven't been a Major League Baseball player. Coop, that's going to shock you. I no. haven't either. Disappointing. But, but still, I, I want to lean on the people who are there, who have been there, who are smart, who know the dynamic. And I can't think of a better person to lean on with a guy that I had on the Baseballs and Boring podcast yesterday. Who? Mike Lowell. Oh, right. Great, great get. I mean, there is no better person. He's a smart guy. He's a measured guy. My he Miami Heat fan, though. Uh, yeah. Detractor. What are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do? Can't be perfect. We all have flaws. Uh, but I want to play you this clip. So it's actually three different thoughts from the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast that I did with Lowell about him talking about the trade deadline. It's about two and a half minutes long. But I think that when you hear this, and Coop, you probably haven't heard it yet, but listen to it. Soak it in. Because everything he says, I think that this should be, uh, this should be a part of the master class in terms of how clubhouses, GMs, view the importance of going out and getting guys. Here is Mike Lowell. From the atmosphere in the clubhouse, I think when you know management goes out and gets a piece, man, you just feel like the players and upper management are we're really on the same page like they really want to win so two examples for me were when i was with the marlins um this was after we won in 03 we had you know no more pudge rodriguez behind the plate so we had you know we needed some we needed some catching and at that that time paula duca was was an all-star catcher and when we acquired it we were like wow mm. you know they believe in us which was a which was you know it was a great feeling and then i'd even go in 07 um, when we acquired Gagne. Now, I didn't... Gagne actually didn't pitch as well as he wanted to, but, you know, the name and coming in, I said, man, we had, you know, you had Okajima in the eighth, you had Papp in the ninth. I was like, we had Gagne, man. We could make these games six-inning games. So, you know, you feel like you get a little jolt of energy. You know, you feel like you add a little more depth because I think depth plays a lot going into the last two months. Everyone's tired. You know, mm -hmm. there's not a team out there that goes into August and is like, man, we feel so fresh. So that ability to maybe not tax the bullpen as much or give, you know, uh, some guys that are position players that are just grinding it out every day an extra day off, um, I think it plays big to be able to then feel as good as you can and, and as close to your best going into the postseason. Yeah, I think, you're, I think you're just kidding yourself. You know, you really think that you can, you know, go in with the same, um, I don't know, arsenal, let's say, that you do in April and May. Um, to carry that through August and September, I, I, I think you're you're probably asking to do something with smoke and mirrors, and usually that might work for a week, ten days, but it's not going to last for two months. So it, it's basically a letter from the front office saying we believe in you, go get them, right? I mean, that's that's not, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Now, and I don't think that translates into guys are going to practice harder, that guys are going to you know take more batting practice. You know, I I, I, I struggle to believe that guys don't give 100% day in, day out. But what it does do is when front office comes into the clubhouse or if they ask you to do something a little extra, man, you're a lot more accommodating because they, you feel like they had your back, they went to bat for you, 
it's like any relationship, you know? If you feel like someone supports you in what you're doing, when that person asks you to do something, you're much more likely to say yes. And I just think it breeds a much better, uh, let's call it a working relationship. Well, there you go. I mean, Coop, I could everything that he said made so much sense to me, honestly. Can I tell you one thing that really stuck out there for me and how it translates to the Red Sox? Yes. It's the fact that he said everyone in August is feeling the fatigue. Yes. I think everyone that- is feeling it, which means you see all those other teams that went out and got impact players. Keyword there, impact players. The Red Sox didn't do that because for some reason they thought there wasn't anyone out there to help them get through the month of August and into September and make that well, push. Well, and the bad look, everyone's doing it, right? And, every, all the and kids, you're falling all, behind. All, all the cool kids are doing it. All the it. cool kids are doing it. The, the, and, and the other part about that, Coop, is that you have examples. You have an example here at the park today. You look at you look at what the Blue Jays did, right? Bichette gets banged up, goes on the IL. They get DeYoung. so. You get that guy. And I asked Sam Dykstra of, of MLB Pipeline, give me the Red Sox equivalent of the guy they gave up to, for DeYoung. And he's, he mentioned Jacob Webb, which is like the 30th ranked prospect for the Red Sox. Okay, you can do that. It's okay. And also, you, you like Lorenzen. And I know that maybe they weren't super high on Lorenzen. Well, all I know is the guy is getting guys out. It's better than having an opener two days right. out of your five-day rotation. Mean, he, and, and that's the problem, is that you're now you're in a race against time. And you can say what you want, but it is a race against time because you have to get off to a good start in August. You have to be able to weather the storm while you even get the semblance of these guys back. And by the as much as you're talking about Coop, and you're absolutely right, guys wearing down and not being the same as they were two months ago, a month ago, that's a fact. As much as that is a fact, so is the reality that the guys coming back, it's not like it's just going to go, boom, there it is, be our savior. This is not a trade deadline acquisition. I think Chris Sale can help. They think Chris Sale can help. But him helping, is that three innings starting off? Is that four innings starting off? John Schreiber, he, you know, he's shown signs, but at the same time you bring him back for a second inning, he's not ready for that, and he gets touched up. Which, by the way, opener today, correct? Yes. Yes. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. It's just it's the bullpen just going to be getting taxed. I mean, the rest I, you know, season, and, and, I, and, and everyone focus. So, and we're gonna get to your call six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. And everyone focus on starters, right? And they should because they they do need another starter, I think. But you saw it in San Francisco. You saw it last night. You you have you have the need for just a guy that you kind of have a better idea that he's going to be able to come in and get outs from the right side. And I'll keep saying, I'll keep yelling because I, it doesn't make any sense. These sort of trades don't make any sense to me. When the Yankees get Middleton for basically nothing, and, and you sit there and, you're like, and you aren't able to get them. No, we got your eyes, though. Yes, well, yeah. that's a whole nother. By the way, that's, bat, a big, how about that's an bat, impact how about move. Batting stance guy coming through. Yeah, that was quick. Oh, he was, was quick good. for that. Yeah, yeah. Anyone go check out batting stance guy. You're uh, uh, batting stance. Anyway, uh, and also I very much enjoy Joe Braverman's pronunciation of the new second baseman. So much so, I want to hear it right now. Here's Ooh. trending. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, the Red Sox have currently lost four out of the last five games following a 7-3 loss last night at Toronto. Game two of the series it will take place this afternoon. Joe Castiglione and Will Fleming have the call from Fenway at 410 on the Shaw's and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Boston will trot out John Schreiber as their opener, and Toronto will take on... Jose Barrios. Joe Weil will get everything ready with the Mass Mutual pregame show at 310. Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. Before yesterday's game, the Red Sox announced they have designated Christian Arroyo for assignment in favor of Luis Urias, whom they acquired at the trade deadline. Patriots held their second their annual practice inside Gillette Stadium for season ticket holders last night. We heard from quarterback Jack Jones for the first time since his offseason arrest. No practice today for the Pats, but they'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon. Speaking of the Pats, off the field last night, them and edge rusher Matthew Judon agreed to a restructured contract. Judon will now make $14 million guaranteed and could be up to $18 million based on incentives. And in other college football-related news, more shakeup in college sports as five more teams officially left the Pac-12. Oregon and Washington will move to the Big Ten, while Utah and Arizona State will join Arizona in the Big 12. All changes will take effect in 2024. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WBEI and WBEI.com. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. I don't think we're embracing any any role. Uh, I think we're embracing the fact that we have a good baseball team. And uh, if you look at the numbers, the last month and a half, the last month in the American League, we're we're probably one of the best, if not the best team in the league. So that's how we feel about it. There you go, Alex Cora, Mike Fresh, and Fourier. This is the Bradford Show. I'm Rod Bradford, along with Coop, who's also part of the Gresham Fourier family. Worlds colliding. It really is. You can't. Basically, you're involved in everything. Yeah, why not? You I'll say that. All, take credit. Fl- for, fluff up, take, fluff up my uh, my LinkedIn. Take credit for all the good things. Is LinkedIn still a thing? LinkedIn's still a thing. Is it really? Yeah. I never look at LinkedIn. Uh, well, because you you got job security. You got your career uh, set, Bradford. Yeah, exactly. Me me and Joe. You We're still fighting. Here's the thing. You guys are both delusional is what you are. Nobody <laughs> has job security. Anyway, uh, including anyone with the Red Sox. So, Great segue. Uh, but I, I'll say this. So I don't think anybody was thrilled with the underdog line. You know, I was on Nesson when it happened, and I railed about it. And it just it, we did the podcast, Coop. And it, it just, as I told you on the podcast, it, like, it's not a big deal. I know that people will say it's just a word. It's just a press card. It doesn't mean anything. But my biggest thing is that, to me, it sort of it resonated in terms of this is how he felt. Because it made no sense. It made, it, that's the other problem is, if it makes sense, then you can back it up with opinion. But it didn't make any sense. You were two games back in the loss column. As Cora said, you, were, you, were, you had one of the best records in the majors over the last month. You are good against one of the best teams against good teams. As Cora also said, unprompted, he said that, you know, we own the tiebreaker already against the Blue Jays. It, it, still own it. You still, still own it. it. You're not giving that up. So uh, it just made zero sense. And what it did was, yes, you were the underdog at the beginning of the year. You had an over-under of 74 and a half. You were the underdog. Nobody thought you were going to be able to do what you did. But we're not at the beginning of the year. Much like your chicken nugget analogy we are not looking at the chicken nuggets as they come fresh pi- piping hot out of the oven. It's not the same as McNuggets. It's not the same. If they've been no, sitting we got around, Tyson at home. It's, it's a little bit different right now. So, so I, that's why I took issue with it. And it, it's not a big deal other than the fact that, it, to me, it gave you insight in terms of how they view it. And, and also, uh, another PR suggestion for that press conference I would have done 95% about how awesome I thought the team was and 5% how awesome 2026 was going to be. That's me. Anyway, this, we got to get to the call. 617-779-7937. First up, our good friend, Jeff in Watertown. Hey, Jeff, how are you? Hey, Brad Brown. Hey, Coop. Nice to hear you again. Oh, I've missed um, you. So, but I am disgusted, uh, and I really am disgusted, and – the more I thought about it, you know, the underdog comment, like I said, you know, Boston loves underdogs, like, you know, Doug Flutie and Michael Ruzioni and all these, like, you know, you know Brady and 01. So to, to tell a Boston fan that you're, you're an underdog, therefore give up, 
Um, it's just stupid. It's ignorant. But the thing that bothers me even more is when you think about the, you know, the percentage odds of making the playoffs. Well, first of all, what were odds in 21 when he basically crapped out, you know, cheapened out, and we we, we shot out of first place before we, you know, made the playoffs. Um, you know, our odds were pretty good, you know, you know, in 21, and, and that didn't matter to him. Uh, you know, and then you hear Cora saying the same thing about you know, the last six weeks. But the point is the GM is supposed to do his job. The players are supposed to do their job. The GM is supposed to do his job. And if the GM does anything significant at the trade deadline, the odds of making the playoffs go up. You know, if you get Verlander, the odds go up. Is anybody supposed to do? I mean, most GMs are working to do that. You know, and look at Atlanta. You know, back when they won the World Series, what, they were 40 and 42 at one point, whatever. They were below 500 at the at the trade deadline. They make some deals. You know, other GMs have balls. We have a eunuch in the front office. I mean, that that's how it feels. It's like he doesn't want to, you know, he doesn't want to exercise his authority when it's his time at bat, when it's his job to do it. it just, that's how it feels. And, and to insult us and, and to use, you know, again, to use that underdog comment when, you know, when Boston loves an underdog, to me, you know, it's it's not just having, not reading the room. And he has, like, no feel for what it is to commit to a baseball team, what the value is of a season. And it just it, and I, I think last night's game was the most important game of the year because if they had come out last night and and looked like they had rallied and they pulled together and us against the world and we're going to show what we can do, whatever, you know, that first pitch just took all the, you know, energy out of everything. It's like, bam, you're behind and now you're questioning, oh, maybe they should have traded Paxton. Maybe, you know, all these, these ideas. And then the crowd sound like it was half Blue Jay fans to begin with. And we're going to get more of that. Jeff, we are staring at a whole bunch of Blue Jays yeah. fans out here on Lansdowne right and, now. And, and, Jeff, I don't disagree with every, anything you said. And also, I just looked up the Braves' uh, percentage to make the playoffs according to fan graphs back on the trade deadline in 2021. And it was 18%. Red Sox are sitting at 20% right now. And you know, and I can play this game all day long. The Cubs at the beginning of July, I think, were at six percent. Now they're about thirty nine percent. And this is why, like, another problem with that comment because I think it was based on that stupid thing, like that stupid Fangraphs playoff probability, which is so dumb. It's it's like that whole thing. It's a it's it's a fun little. Well, to be fair, Fangraphs is also telling Heim he has the number three uh, farm system. Well, okay, right now. again, you want to play. So I'm sure you, you want to play that. that game. Okay, you have the number three farm system, but you can't carve out even like any prospect. No, we need every single shortstop we've drafted in the last like three years. Yeah. So, so anyway, so and to go back to last night, and all of this. Listen, I mean, all of this could change. They win tonight. They win tomorrow. There you go. They read the room right, and they're on their way. And because they, they play bad teams, it could feel completely different. That's how this works. But they're in still they're still in position where they are able to make something like that work. The thing that concerns me about last night is honestly, it felt for the first time in a long time that they were the dead ass team, and the Blue Jays had gotten that vibe back, which we saw so many times last year. It was completely different, and I and and it made me wonder. And this is maybe doesn't matter at all but you've taken out two guys in that clubhouse very different personalities but big voices in the clubhouse and christian arroyo and kike hernandez and it's their prerogative to turn over the roster and get better players and i understand that but this is another part of this equation and when because when we looked at the difference between the clubhouse of say 2020 to 2021 or 2000 uh or you know even last year there was a different vibe. You had enthusiasm. They, I'm, I'm going to say it, Jeff and Coop. They, say it. They have the lamest home run celebration in baseball. Oh, the the, yeah. the weights. It's the lamest home run celebration. In I baseball. don't know why that's still continuing. I, I mean, it was. And, don't and so, disagree there. Well, it's, it's your progress to be wrong. Bring back the cards. Yeah. Anyway, so but that that was my concern watching that game last night, which was. This seemed like the team. This seemed like the team that is being instead of the team that had killed the Toronto Blue Jays for all seven games prior. This was the team that it looked like last year when they went whatever it was, seventeen and two against them. I mean, the team that also put to bed uh, Alec Manoa, and then he showed up last night. Yeah. What's up, Jeff? Yep. But that's what kills me. You know, starting with the very first pitch, it was like there you go. Like it just it just set the tone for the night. 
And, uh, you know, I don't blame Paxton. I mean, those things happen. But so, I have one other quick question. I always thought of Kike and uh, Arroyo as two of Alex Cora's guys. What, what does it mean that, that they're both gone? Um, I don't. You know, I wouldn't read. I wouldn't read too much into that. I mean, I think that. Okay. I mean, I think it just, especially well, with Kike, it just got to the point where he wasn't a useful. player. He couldn't play. No. Yeah. Right. He wasn't yeah. a useful player. Yeah. Now you can make the argument with Arroyo. You know, you got Urias back, and believe me, I talked to somebody yesterday in the major leagues. They're like, they got who? What? What are you <laughs> like? What? And, and and he he has had some success, and maybe maybe they find yep. his time in the rough, and he changes a little bit here, a little bit there. But that's not what we're talking about. You know what we're yeah. talking about? He's a Jeff. good November pickup. He's not. He's on. All well, stars, yeah, he's, he's, he's. You know what he is? He's Pablo Reyes. Like he's he's yeah. he's that pickup. You know that he's the guy he's that you like. Okay, we'll take a flyer on it because we need yeah. to fill in the gap, not the trade deadline acquisition. But you know, I, I comes Jeff. It comes back to this, and you tell me if you agree. Like. They had so much success in finally investing in quote unquote some certainty in Kenley Jansen yep. and Chris Martin, right? You Absolutely. finally did yep. this. This was the time where you need, you is screaming, not to necessarily go for all Verlander, but to do that exact thing. And I keep right. mentioning Middleton. Give me, a, or, you know, like I mentioned Lorenzen, some semblance of certainty. You know, Jake Peavy, when he came over in 2013, wasn't a world beater. But he was good enough, and he also added an, an element to that clubhouse. That's what you need. And and the, and the, and, the, and the players loved him, and he, and the, and it felt like you again, like you like you said, you'd done something. You'd done your job. Everybody else is doing their job. You expect the GM when the when the pressure's on and the focus is on the GM to do their job, that they do their job. And Hein Bloom didn't. Yeah. Well, Jeff, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Please, whenever we have our show again, please call back. All right, the great Jeff in Watertown. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, excellent job. I think what a staple. <laughs> He's a staple to the Brad. I actually had a nice, uh, nice lady come up to me yesterday upstairs, and, and let's say she was a huge Jeff in Watertown fan. Is that Allison? Uh, no, Allison. We'll talk to Allison in a second. Okay. Is uh, she? Oh, she's on the line. Yeah, but first we're gonna go. John in North Providence. Hey, John, how you doing? All right, listen. Aaron Savali, maybe he doesn't pop up on the, on the computer printouts of Bloom. The kid went to Northeastern. Technically, he's leading the league in ERA. He's under team control for three years. They could have given some prospects up to get him. I don't understand. He'd probably be the opening day starter next year, too. I, I just don't understand. You know, all these prospects and stuff. Tell me, Marcelo Maya, the next Derek Jeter, he's not even hitting his weight right now in double A. Okay, Jeter Jones, Jeter Downs, or whatever his name was, who was the number one prospect here. These prospects are sometimes just always prospects. What were the odds on David Ortiz being a Hall of Famer when the Red Sox signed him in 2003? Does that come up on the computer printout of Hein Bloom? Everything's a computer. This is what we're trying to build. What does trying to build mean? How long do you have to build? Is it the big dig? What you, we want to win now. You get the highest prices for food and tickets. Can we win now? Thanks for the call, John. I would say this, is that you can do both. And this is my biggest problem. I, th I think you can do both. And you're at the, in the position to do both. You are in the position to do both. You're, you have this, I've said this before, Coop. You have this opportunity that just doesn't come around a whole lot, which is an American league that is so unbelievably flawed. And we've seen it in baseball. We've seen it the last few years where if you can get in, then you can do damage. You don't have to win 111 games like the Dodgers. You know how I know that? Because the Dodgers didn't make it out of the division round last year. So you can do this. You can actually win while not giving up Marcelo Meyer. And by the way, in case you were wondering, uh, he's hitting 189. But... I would, I would, but he's hitting he's hitting the long ball though. That's the thing. Uh, he's just he's hitting the long ball and, and striking I don't, out. I don't, That's his I don't, issue. Uh, I uh, yeah. I would, okay, he has a six oh nine OPS. But I I would say this. I, I'm not. I would not first. I would not lump in Marcelo Meyer and Jeter Downs like he just did. And Jeter, I think Marcelo Meyer would do fine. Ask anybody. I asked Corey Seager, a high school shortstop, who was drafted in the first round. He said Double A is absolutely the toughest. And that's just how it is. Give Marcelo Meyer some time. I think that he'll be a major leaguer, a good major leaguer, but we'll just wait. My point is, is that you can do both. You can do both, and you could do both here. Like, you know how I know this? Because teams are doing both. And that's the thing. And like, 
that's why it's tough to criticize Heimbloom right now. I know a lot of callers and listeners right now are going to be like, oh, Coop, what are you talking about? It's it's easy. I can do it in my sleep. And trust me, I have been doing that as well. But the, the difficult thing is he has improved that farm system. But the whole point in bringing him in was to get this team sustainable to the point where you are able to make moves at the deadline and bring in big name yeah. guys and be able to pay for them. And we're, I would say the Red Sox are at that point now. They're, they're more than at that point where, like I said, they're number three according to fan graphs. I don't know if they're that high personally, but they are within that top it 10. You don't even need to you're be able that to, high. You're you, able to get guys the, out the, the door the, and bring the, in big the Dave, like, the impact Dave, players. The, the Dave Dombrowski thing is like, okay, you, you, you have more potential major leaguers in the farm system right now. That is true. But the guys that Dave Dombrowski traded. For they you, didn't pan out. No, useful guys. Yeah, Go how back. many of them are successful right now? Brad Ziegler, Addison Reed, um, Nathan Avaldi. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about guys they got. Oh, uh, got you. Yeah. So and and you have you know even like and this is the other part about this is that you can get guys that just fit that just fit right that don't cost a lot. The the if you want the preeminent example of this, Doug Minkavich. Doug Minkavich. They needed this, so that's what they got. That's what it was. Anyway, Allison in Cambridge. What's going on, Allison? How are you? Probably not that great. Hi, hi guys. I, I, I knew the no, answer. I, 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 I want to bring up something that is just unbelievable to me. That August 9th, are you aware that August 9th, they were supposed to be giving out a Kiki Hernandez World Baseball Classic bobblehead at Fenway? Yes. Yeah. That is on the schedule. That basically, <laughs> I, mean, the I don't know what to tell you, I know, but what, what, what are you going to do? What, what, so I don't... Yeah. <laughs> Put it in a storage locker, wait this, 20 years, and sell it on eBay for a little bit more? But the point is, he was supposed to be somebody that was a leader for this team, and Heim ruined him. He should never have been playing shortstop. Oh. He's an excellent center fielder. He's an excellent second baseman. That he would have had his place in the team been one of those parts that would have worked. I'm Allison, did he sign up? Did he say that he wanted to be shortstop and be a captain of this team? Like, he, he wanted to... like. In the like the spring training, he was like, "Yeah, I do have that resume." It didn't pan out. It's not on Heim Bloom in that situation. I don't mean to come at you like that. I love yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't but agree with he, you on that. But okay. But let's just, Kike, let's just Kike, go on. Everything that, that happened to Kike was on his own. That was his fault. Uh, okay. I, I don't. I, I, okay. I, that was just bringing it up because it was unbelievable that it was actually on the schedule. And and, and, well, and, just, and you made but, me remember, Allison. The fact is, and you're right about this, that the plan they went into into this season where the two guys in the middle infield, the two guys who are supposed to start, are both now not on the team. So you are absolutely correct in that assessment. Thank you. And the thing is that Heim, each year, he could have... I, I think the basic problem, I don't think he's a very creative thinker. I thought he was coming here because he was going to be creative. And in terms of making trade deadlines, this is who he is. I mean, the Tampa Bay Rays, when they've turned from the Devil Rays to the Rays, it's only in recent years that they've actually, at the trade deadline, done, done very good things. I don't think that Heim ever wants to do that. I think that his image of the team is he wants it all to be mostly minor league uh, players who have come up from the minor leagues who are under control and cheap for five years or six years. And he's going to fill in each year with a player or two. And, yes, we have Rafi. But the point is I would say that the only two times when people say that he's just doing what ownership wants, I think the only two times he was pressured since he's been here was in 2021 to do something, and we ended up with Trevor Story, and and because and to sign Rafi for the huge contract at the beginning of this year, which is also something I do not believe that he wanted to do, at least not before this year. I think those are the only two times he did things that were outside of his comfort zone that he did not want to do. This is what who he is. He is a terrible. He is the worst GM I've ever heard of. Because each year he could do something different. I mean, to not provide a shortstop, to not provide a first baseman for a year and a half, to not provide a closer last year and this. Year. I mean, everything is out of whack. He's using. People out of positions. Adam Duvall should basically be a DH. He gets hurt when he's in the field. I thought Yoshida was supposed to be an everyday outfielder, and it turns out he can't. We have all these players who are basically DHs. This is just, this, he, he, he's just, he is absolutely terrible. I mean, there's nothing that you can say. I, I just, he's just absolutely terrible. And from his, what he wants, he is going about it in a ridiculous fashion, and he doesn't know how to just front the normal team that you need. So you wouldn't want Yoshida? That five year contract, you, that was a bad idea? No, I didn't say that. But, but you said, but you say it didn't pan out. He can't play. He should have signed. He should have signed. 
behind Xander at the beginning of last year. Is it Xander? People are talking about three How's in a row. Doing this year? what you would have done. He's doing. That, no, but you should have. But nobody thought that he should. But then you should have. Thought, but you have to have people who can play the outfield. I'm just saying. Instead of saying you don't want Yoshida, how about he was positioned? He was told to us that he was going to be an everyday outfielder, and that can't be. That he, he is very bad at putting. What about the Trevor Story story? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, that basically, I don't even think he wanted to sign him. And Trevor Story. If oh, I don't disagree with you Asian, on that. That was more Yoshida. But let's just. That it, 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 it doesn't. But the fact is that he was. What was he sold as going to be an everyday outfielder? Was he sold to us as that? I never really took it as that because yeah, we've got a fair amount of outfielders. I, yeah, he was. He, he came he, in when there he, were about he, like he was, five, six he outfielders. He was. And like, so. So, so listen, Allison, the last thing, because we got to get going, but the last thing is, I'll say this, is that Hamblum has done a lot of good things, but the problem is, is that as we sit here right now, the thing that we're talking about and the thing that everyone, the, the, the roster that he's put together is good enough. And this is what we, we can't get twisted. The roster that he's put together is good enough in this American League to win. The problem is, is that I don't think he believed it was good enough. And everybody else can look yeah. around, including the guys in the clubhouse, including the manager, and everybody else can say, well, Wait a can second. I say one more thing? Yeah. Well, can I say one more thing? That, that Heim, when he said, when using the facts of the odds, when he said that we had many teams, that we had teams who'd have to get past, that if he's just going to be a statistician, the fact is, is Toronto was the only team that was ahead of us for the third wild card, and we were 7-0 and against them, and so any statistician would look at, like, the team that we were behind was the one that we were dominating, and so it would have made perfect sense no, to I mean, make a trade it, 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 something we're going to face them out of there. Yeah, and Allison, yeah, take, that, care, take care of you guys. Nice to see you. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, I miss did her. Say, did he say nice to meet you? Do you nice miss her, Coop? You went at her a lot. No, no but no, that's I, why I like her. She She's able to take it on the chin and bring yeah, in great anyway, points as we're, well. We're really late. We're really late. Okay, we're going to continue this conversation. 617-779-7937. Some great callers so far. We got a lot to get through. We got a lot to pick through. I'm Rob Bradford. That's Coop. This is a Bradford show. Joe Braverman's with us. Guiding this ship. Ian T- Brown. Downtown Ian Brown. Boots on the ground. He's going to be coming down after Cora talks. Give you the what's what, whatever Alex Cora says. Big game tonight. Like, we can go through all this. The fact is, is that you can change the conversation, Boston Red Sox. You can change it tonight, tomorrow. Get into the weeds with two really, really bad teams. Here we go. Let's go. Brad Show. Be back after this. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's go. Let's go. We're at Fenway Park. It's more Fenway Clubhouse Studios. I'm Rob Bradford. Coop alongside Joe Braverman. Guying the ship behind the glass. We've been ranting and raving about the Red Sox. But the good news is... The Give great, me one positive. The great game of baseball, Coop. There it is. They're playing today. I don't know if you caught it. There, we had a father-son duo out here playing catch on Lansdowne. That oh, gave me a little bit of the, the butterflies. It's, oh, you can still find a little bit of joy in this week. Uh, I tell you what, Vlad Guerrero Jr. throwing every single ball, almost every ball he got while f- taking fielding practice. He was flipping up the little kids in stands. Made my heart like pitter patter, yay baseball! And by the way, like you see the ratings of baseball across the board, how much in the attendance? What was it last week? They had their f- their best attendance since like uh, on Saturday. I think it was Saturday, like the highest Saturday. I thought it was during the Atlanta series. Uh, since no, I'm talking. We're talking. We're, no, we're, 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 we're talking about Saturday across baseball overall. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting when the postseason gets here. About like how it, the whole pitch clock stuff manifests itself. I tell you what, I looked up this the other day. The violations, the um, the, the pitch clock violations and the batter violations, compared to April, it's like a fraction. Way down. Oh, way down. Well, the Mets, the Mets had a walk off one last week or this past week, and that was kind of a. I looked at that, and I was like, ah, Mets are gonna Mets, but you yeah. really don't see them that much anymore. 
It is. It's so much better. It's so much better. But anyway. I think it's going to improve the playoffs. I think the playoffs are going to be so well, fun I think, to watch. I think, I think by, by then, everybody has to understand that it's, that's the rule. I mean, that's the rule. That's what you're working with. It is what it is. But, um, yeah, so yay baseball. And the, you asked for good news for the Red Sox fans. The good news is that they're playing tonight. And, and I meet it where you have the opportunity to, to change this narrative, like, on a dime. Last night, it was the ultimate. You're coming off the deadline. You're coming off a, a, a West Coast trip. And you can change the narrative, but last night was not changing the narrative. Na- last night was going the other way. You not only lose, you look like the sort of dead-ass team, and you let the guy who would bully you, let's be honest, like bullied you last year, Alec Manoa, the guy who you're supposed to be bullying, you let him bully you last night, and you just came away feeling bad about everything. But like we said, the glorious game of baseball, the Red Sox are three games out. They're still good enough to certainly get back into this thing. But I, and you I know think- what else is good news? Justin what? Turner is back in the lineup. Lineup's Dude. out. Lineup is out. Ooh, lineup's out. Let's go. Joe Braverink, give us the lineup. You got it? Uh, I got to find it back on my Twitter feed. Uh, uh, what's Twitter? What yes. Uh, or X or whatever. Okay, here we go. We got uh, Duran right. leading off in center. Yoshida in left. Turner's the DH. Devers at third. Costas at first. Verdugo, Rias, Wong, and Chang. Okay, there you go. Sounds like a winner. Uh, but so... You mentioned Turner. Real emphatic about that. Hey, sounds, <laughs> sounds like, sounds, sounds, well, hold on. Let me, let Why me, not? Let me read off the script. <laughs> Sound like sounds like a winner. Um, but the Turner thing's interesting because, you know, you had the reports from Rosenthal about the Marlins and Red Sox having deep discussions about Justin Turner. Um, now, I can only tell you what I heard, and this was a few days before. Another team asked about Justin Turner, and they were basically like, nah, no, nah, we're good. We're good. I mean, it's obviously anytime you're blown away. If you're blown away by something, then the, the conversation can change in a hurry. And maybe that was the case with the Marlins because they can be certainly enamored by this kid Cabrera, this, this electric minor, uh, pitcher that they just sent down. Fine. Like, Marlins have a, a ton of pitching prospects. If you want to do that, that's your prerogative, Red Sox. You want to engage in that. But we know this is that when I heard that they were like pushing back on Turner conversations, that made all the sense in the world to me. Because this is a guy, you talk about, forget Paxton, Justin Turner was the guy that was basically the definitive, either you're in it, either you believe in this team, or you don't. Because you trade Justin Turner, done. Done. Especially for a minor league pitcher who was just thrown, sent down. Like in a, in 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 another world, if you're six games out and and you're and you're you're not feeling good about things, then fine, trade Justin Turner because of his contract status, because of his age, because he can bring something to another team, because he can get you back something. But for this team, this guy is undoubtedly the heart and soul of this team, and by the way, a very very productive player which you need in the lineup. So when I heard that. I'm like, well, and I've heard conflicting things since. I mean, I've heard like there was more of the Marlins, you know, sort of pushing the issue. And, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Same thing with Verlander, Coop. The, the Verlander thing, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the interest thing. I wouldn't have loved I, – I, I, we, we talked about save, the impact save, player save thing. Save your breath. No, 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 no. I'm not saying Verlander would have been happen. great here. It's no, more it – there were better pitchers out there, though. Exactly. And there it, were much better pitchers and, that made more sense it, for what the plan is, and that's building it, towards what we said on the Bradfoe Show 2026. And you know what? Verlander was never going to happen. So don't even waste your breath. Like, it, you're, and you're absolutely right. There's nothing wrong with – like, they didn't like Lorenzen. All right. Again, all he does to me is get guys out. He gets guys out. And all I know is this. You didn't have to give up a top prospect. You didn't have to give up the, the Verlander package to get Lorenzen for a lot of reasons, including, by the way, he's only a rental. And it's okay to be a rental. That's all right. You know why? Because this team, if you got the right rental, it would go a long way to helping you win. And it's also Heim Bloom's whole thing right now. And, and this is all conjecture. We're all trying to figure out what's actually going on inside that brain. But what he is doing is trying to build for the future. 
And guys like that is not they're not gonna mess up that plan in the long run you because they're rentals. For Michael Lorenzen, you do not have to mortgage the future. I know. And they, that's what kills me. And yeah. it's the same thing with I don't know how you felt about Erod. I know that he's up and down with his career since leaving here and whatnot. But he was decent. He was a decent pitcher yeah. this year. He would have fit into the rotation and yeah, would have been a compliment. Uh, that's a little bit more of a risk because he has the opt out and you don't know what he's gonna do. Anyway, uh is TJ still there, Joe? All right, let's go to TJ. TJ in Fort Lauderdale. Hey, TJ, how are you? Hi, Brad. So, can I get a shirt, by the way, somewhere? I love the baseball isn't boring stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you can buy one. Can I get a shirt? Anyone can have a shirt. Can we do a jersey? Hey, hey, listen, listen, listen. Go at the at BB isn't boring Twitter account, and right there is a link to the swing juice. They have all kinds of different colors and by the way tj well are you down in south florida correct yeah yes i am all right well we're we got new cut co- we got all kinds of colors new ones coming out in honor of the godfather switching teams to the dodgers joe kelly we have blue and white coming out oh yeah the blue and white baseballs and boring t-shirts coming out all i'm right. a fan of the red and i love white. it i love it all brother but let me get to my point i went all to right. watch the marlins and the phillies on thursday lorenzen threw eight innings of two-run ball, um, and I'm kicking myself the whole time saying w- Dombrowski didn't need a starting pitcher. They had depth there. He, he just wanted to give his team a boost, an injection at the All-Star break, and we could have easily gotten Lorenzen for Nick York or some position player in the, in the middle of our prospect list, and he, we didn't do it. And you know what? You guys made a good point. It's a rental that may get us into the playoffs, might endear a guy like Lorenzen to stay. We don't really have a starting staff for next year other than Bayo. Uh, we could maybe talk him into staying here if he liked it, and we gave him a reasonably fair deal. So I, I, this one just boggles my mind. Dombrowski doesn't need a guy, but he makes a move because he knows it's going to inject some adrenaline into his team, and we do nothing except Luis Urias. And, you know, Mego made a point yesterday on, on the Arcan show. She said she doesn't think that time is – experienced at making these kind, those kind of deals at the deadline. He's not, that's not his forte maybe. And that's why he can't pull them off. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I think that you raise a lot of good points and until he starts pulling them off, we don't know. It's a good point. That's like a whole correlation causation type thing where, yeah, like you can make that argument where it's just like, well, yeah, he's not a great executive because he's not making these big moves. He's able to build up the farm system, but you know, he hasn't but, brought in a major but, but, face. But once again... I the, mean, Schwarber, you could say, but Schwarber, nah, but, Schwarber uh, was a gamble. Schwar- like, Schwarber that was, was a bargain Schwarber, bin yes. Schwarber was a guy with a bad hamstring, and he didn't play for two weeks after. They got him for Aldo Ramirez. It was... You're right. You're right. It was it was a different situation. But all I know is this, is that this is a results business, and you have to get results, and you haven't been able to get results for whatever reason, injuries or whatever it is, but you have to get results. And by the way... The, the prospect which the Detroit Tigers got from the Phillies for Lorenzen, the Detroit Tigers, which don't exactly have the best prospect list, is number six on their list right now. Number six! So, bite the bullet. I know they didn't like him in terms of his peripherals or whatever. I don't care. He gets guys out. All right, 617-779-7937. We're way, way late. But we'll get back to the conversation. In downtown Boots on the Ground, Ian Brown will be stopping by the Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio to give the what's what when it comes to what Alex Cora said. All that after this. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.